Welcome to the podcast series, Interest Rates with Mates, with Colin, Todd, Sean, and Cass. Morning, everyone. Episode 16. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to have a general chat. General chat. Get an insight into what our days look like. I found a little bell. I thought I'd put that in. I love it. Um, so, you know, our podcast uh, episodes are purely at the moment just on topics and what's happening on construction loans, purchase contracts, like we did last Educational. week. Educational. Educational. So we thought we'd just have a general chat amongst the brokers about what's happening in our world, policy niches, anything that we've sort of seen in the past, you know, two to three weeks that we want to share, just a general chat. Yeah, I think the first thing uh, would be um, the banks, like the, especially the big banks, are changing their variable rates out of the cycle of the Reserve Bank of Australia is what we're saying. So the Reserve Bank um, went up 025 of a percent uh, only a couple of weeks ago, um, and I think uh, that's um, uh, you know the cost of funding is getting more more tighter now. So I, uh, what we're seeing now is the banks are obviously having to um, improve their margins, believe it or not, <laughs> um, and we're seeing uh, variable rates now increase uh, by about point one to point two of a percent outside of the, yep. the RBA cycle. So um, I mean, look if you look at the top four lenders at the moment compared to some of the second tier and non bank lenders, up to point four or point five yeah. of a percent mm. at the moment. Uh, variance, which is quite a lot, um, you know, compared to what we've seen over the last probably couple of years. It's crazy to think like they just announced their profits recently, and like four billion uh, on average, around four to four point two billion dollars in profit each big bank over the last six months. It's pretty crazy that they're still trying to increase their margins. Yeah. Um, Out of cycle, they're obviously. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot. They're obviously getting red. Like they must be just preparing themselves in case there is a large amount of arrears and. Um, to say it, GFC, but in yeah. the future, yeah, like it, it's crazy. Like, I know another thing on our topic is, is cashbacks, um, yeah. the cashbacks ending. And I've been giving this a lot of thought as well. I was like, oh, maybe if they're going to end the cashbacks, maybe they'll pass on better interest rates to clients. Yeah. Yeah, but like it, it's not happening. Yeah. It's like they're raising interest rates out yeah. of cycle as well as removing the cashbacks for, for refinances. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting time at the moment. It is very interesting. Yes. That cashbacks have been going from. Just over oh, years. Years. Yeah. Oh, years. Yeah, some of them are yeah. running but ongoing for yeah, years. Like, I'd have to, CPA was one of the first, weren't they? Like $2,000, like just a, a nice small cashback, what's considered small now. Yep. More so just to cover sort of refinancing costs, you know, mm-hmm. like your government fees, any discharge fees, any new establishment fees at, a new, uh, at the new lender. Um, but then they just sort of got it out of hand. Like, you know, you've got a number of banks offering four, 4 even $5,000 yeah. cashbacks. Some of them are per property. So if you're refinancing two or three properties, you know, an owner occupied as well as a couple of investments, yep, you can piggyback, add yeah. them all up and get, get you know, over $10,000. So, um, yeah, I think like it, I think like a 1000 or $2,000 would be a good move just to cover those costs. But obviously, they've just decided to scrap them all together. Well, we're, we're starting to yeah, see a few lenders yeah. scrap them. So and I think yeah. it's important. I mean, talk about saving costs. I mean, we talked, you know, just a second ago, like I said, you know, there's a large variance between banks at the moment because of these out of cycle rate increases. Mm. And um, I think the important thing is is to have a chat with us because uh, the savings, you know, in terms of getting the cash back, I mean, to move banks, it, it might cost you less than $1,000 to move banks. 
but the variance in terms of the rate you're paying now to what you're going to get with the next bank, it might save you five or $10,000 a year. So those costs to move, even without a cashback, are absorbed pretty quickly in the savings oh, that you're going to get. So mm. important to have a chat with us. Yeah. You've got a mortgage at the moment and you're reviewing it. Yeah. So we're starting to see a few of these people on the fixed rates that 1.9, 2% interest rates come off. And so we're, yeah, we're seeing a lot of clients at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I that- think a, a lot of clients are obviously acutely aware that they're coming off those yes. rates as well. So they're definitely reaching out. Um, obviously, our existing clients, we're reaching out to them a good couple of months before they come off. Um, but other people that obviously aren't our existing clients are, are certainly coming through. And, um, yeah, they're very nervous about it. So it's um, it's about getting in and actually having a chat with a broker to, to see what your options are out there. And we're speaking before before about the revert rate. So we're seeing some people come with letters or, you know, on the online banking, that revert rate's nearly 7 or 8%. Yeah, that's I've huge. had one that's reverting back to the standard variable, which at the time was 8.04. Like, obviously, oh. now it's even higher, like 8.29 after last month's interest rate rise. Um, but, yeah, those revert rates are very hit and miss. Like, some clients, that the banks are happy to look after them and, and put them onto a decent revert rate. Um, but then other clients are... Just getting the the seven eight percent revert rate, um, and Come, coming off that fixed of two percent, you know that's that if, they, if they're not catching that in time, yeah, that's a huge shock. In oh, that's twenty five thirty thousand dollars a year. It's yeah, a lot of extra money. In some of those cases, I've just recently had they were small loans, like you know three fifty three eighty thousand, um, yeah. and I was saving them over ten thousand dollars to refinance to a new lender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some big savings, yeah. um, you know, to be to be had. I mean, if you're coming off fix, obviously you're going to a higher rate. But going back to the revert rate, like Todd was saying, I mean, twenty five thousand dollars a year for the average mortgage. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of money to it find. A lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, so it's important to have a chat to us. And mm. So go, it, go through the as I was said before, the next six to twelve months is going to be very interesting. Very, mm. very interesting. Definitely. Um, any policy niches that you guys sort of want to cover off? So um, probably one of the ones that I'm seeing quite a bit of at the moment, I don't know whether it's like COVID babies or what it is, but we're getting a lot of mat leave people. So people are either going on mat leave or on mat leave at the moment and they're wanting to, you know, refinance because they're they're down to one wage or two, you know, half a wage or something like that. Um, and not all lenders will... Uh, have a mat leave policy. Uh, so it's um, – and it varies from lender to lender. Some have might have a requirement that you need to be returning to work within three months. Um, some, you know, they have a mat leave policy for up to two years before you have to return back to work. Uh, so there's definitely some options out there. And um, one of the key things is as long as you can make, show that you can make your repayments during that mat leave period until you return to work, the banks are usually okay with that. Um, and, um, yeah, and then you can look at either refinancing or if you're looking at purchasing another property, that can also help as well. Absolutely. In fact, I was just only talking to a client yesterday um, who had been to two different banks and a broker who said uh, you couldn't do that, which is incorrect. I mean, you can do that. Uh, So, uh, you know, obviously just lack of education out there. But if you're off and um, and you've got a relatively good balance sheet as well with some cash savings there and you're on half pay but you're going back to work uh, to the same job, um, most banks have a return to work policy yeah. you know, maternity yeah. leave. So once again yeah. it's about mitigating the risk. Like how much savings do you have? Do you have like if there is a shortfall for f- the first few months until you do return to work, like just verifying that with savings. Like yeah. Yeah, like how much savings do you hard. have to help yeah. make those repayments in the interim period? Mm. I think That's it's very right. you know like you just said it's mitigating with notes, isn't it? Like we're very conservative around our broker notes when we go to a bank. And I think the more notes that we give 
the bank credit officer because they don't know who the client is. I mean, we might have met the client and obviously had a good conversation with the client, mm. um, but the bank credit officer is trying to understand who the client is, what type of character are they. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important to, you know, I mean, definitely from our perspective, and, and that's probably why our, you know, our conversion rate is so strong is around just getting those broker notes really expansive so the credit yeah. officer feels like they know the client when they get the application. Yeah, yeah. and at the, at the initial stages of the application, the clients might think, oh, why are you trying to get all this information from me? You really need all that. Like, here's my income, here's my deposit, let's go. But it's like, yeah, like the more We need the story. Can, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, show us all your savings accounts. Like, yes, you've got enough to complete the purchase – but what have you got left over? Like, let's have a bit of a buffer there. Let's provide yep. that to the bank and, and, yeah, tell them the whole story, the complete Absolutely. story. Yeah, 100%. So. And then we've still seen some self-employed um, changes come out. Yeah, we love nearly those. Every, every week at the yeah. moment. Yeah, there's some good changes good. to self-employed, actually. Like, yeah. I mean, it is if you're a company director uh, and you pay yourself a wage, it's like being treated as an employee mm. uh, for mm. a lot of banks now, isn't it? It's, you don't uh, even need an accountant's letter for one lender. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. no, that's right. They're making it a lot easier, which, yeah. which is good. I mean, a, a lot of our clients are self-employed, you know, yes. particularly being on the Sunshine Coast. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got really, between us, we've got a lot of knowledge in, on how to get deals through for self-employed applicants. It's yep. good, though. It feels like maybe like three to six months ago, we only had like one or two lenders offering that policy. Um, and now we've got multiple <laughs> It's probably what four or five potentially at least, yeah, yeah. Um, and even uh, like commissions, I had one that I was working with yesterday, and and one lender will just take the last six months of uh, commission payments, which is amazing, right, yeah. you know. Yeah. So if we can use that, um, that definitely improves your borrowing capacity. And uh, we've already seen a couple of clients come through uh, with Q Super changes. Uh, so I know I've done one for replacement, as I've said on a previous episode, um, where we were able to say that that uh, voluntary um, super, oh, sorry, that mandatory is now voluntary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cole, you've done a couple as well. Yeah, I've had a couple of uh, clients, mainly Queensland health employees that um, had the deduction for Q Super, the extra uh, compulsory one, uh, which is now not compulsory obviously where we've actually removed it from borrowing capacity calculations and we've actually got them uh, the money that they needed mm. um, just by removing it so it's a, mm. it's a good change it's having a, a good impact uh, on some client scenarios yep I've had a few school teachers um, like refinancing and yep. um, with that compulsory super contribution they were going to have to put in some of their savings to reduce the loan balance uh, to make it service and to, to eventually get them a better rate um, but yeah by by showing that letter that it is now compulsory, uh, sorry, that it is now voluntary, um, we're able to get them refinanced at their existing balance. Now they can keep those funds in offset for, you know, if, if there is, if, yeah, they can do whatever they want with those funds in the future. Yeah, I actually had, I had a, I had a teacher on mat leave, so we needed every single dollar we could get. So when the QCFA thing um, was scrapped, that made a, a huge difference. Yeah, because I mean, by removing it, I mean, if it's 150, 250, somewhere in there per fortnight, which is what it is for most um, of those health employees or police officers, et cetera, it can boost their borrowing capacity by thirty to $50,000 even oh, it's more. Oh, huge. So yeah. huge, yeah. And I think, the, the, I think the key thing is they don't actually have to stop making the compulsory payments. So, sorry, they don't have to stop making the super payments. Yeah. It just becomes a voluntary one. So they can still continue to pay it, but the bank allows us to actually use that as income uh, where they weren't previously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to cover, cover off in our general chat today? Oh, look, I think assessment rates. Um, yeah. I know we've covered this off in previous uh, episodes, but assessment rates are the rates the banks use when they're uh, determining borrowing capacity. We're now starting to see some lenders, uh, definitely not the major lenders, but, um, but some of the smaller lenders reducing that 
assessment rate buffer from 3% back to 2%. So what that means is if you, I mean, what rate you pay today, let's just say it's 5.5%, uh, most banks are assessing you at 8.5%, some banks are more, uh, where some banks are now at 7.5%. So obviously the lower the assessment rate buffer, the more you can borrow. So it's important if you can't borrow the money with a bank you might be talking to now, doesn't mean it's game over. Just give us a call and yep. uh, we can go through the scenario with you. Perfect. Very good. So we'll be doing this sort of once every couple of months just to give a, a update on you know our world. We'll still be doing our general topics, but it's good to discuss sort of what's happening week by week. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. We'll see you next week, episode 17. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future topics, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. All of these episodes are available to download for free wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care.